Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Launch Sequence Podcast, your weekly space games podcast where I look at space games, uh, but I bring on some esteemed guests to tell me a little bit more about their perspective. So today, brought on a podcast regular, a good friend, a fellow YouTuber, the architect, morphologist, to talk hey. about Starfield. Hello. Yeah. I don't know about esteemed, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Starfield indeed. I always, I'm always, I'm always happy to have you on, man. You are one of my inspirations for doing YouTube videos. And, uh, I think everybody knows just how like precise and, and beautiful the videos you make around star citizen ships are. So I'm, mm. I'm excited to see what you do about Starfield again with a little bit more, uh, spread and reach. But first I kind of want to talk about star citizen just a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. We have had quite the year so far with 318 yeah. coming out and with uh, um, a, lot of, a lot of stuff surrounding PES. How are, you, how are you feeling about the game right now? Honestly, I uh, talked a little bit before the podcast. I, I'm not feeling great. Um, I think that stability has suffered all year. I've tried to run some community events, um, but in each case, we had problems with players desyncing, becoming invisible, uh, not being able to connect. It's just been a really, really rough year uh, for being able to play and enjoy the game. Uh, I know not everybody has this experience, but I personally have had this consistently enough that it's just kind of forced me to take a step back and play other games because I spend way too much time just trying to get the game to work, um, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and... and not only that, the the actual gameplay this year has been pretty pretty stagnant. Like there hasn't been very many new things that they've added. They added salvage, but only in part. It's not the whole thing. And that's it. You know, like what else? What other big gameplay things have they done this year? It's 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 pretty dead, um, unfortunately. Or for whatever reason, could be working on Squadron Forty Two, which is what I suspect, or who knows. Not much of a mining so, enthusiast. Not much of a mining enthusiast, um, but even if I were, I think that the ultimate issue is that so much of the other gameplay loops don't tie in in any meaningful way that it just is ultimately a fruitless endeavor because why spend all that time earning that money, which is ultimately the goal for me if I do mining, um, when that money isn't really useful for much? Like, there's what, what do you buy? You know, it's... Uh, buy more ships that can be lost to the next wipe. All right. Um, then I was, no, it's, it's like, what do you do? I mean, there's just not much to do right now. So it's, yeah, I don't know. I was very excited to mine stuff and then like use the cargo refactor to move that mine stuff back to the other ship. Um, and like have it go and sell. I, I was really bummed out when we found out that even with everything getting physicalized as cargo, you still couldn't, take some mining bags and like go and just yeah. sell off the stuff in it and then take those back to like a prospector or a mole. I feel like that the mining improvements have been great, but that would really, really help with what you're saying, just connecting it to something else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, more, more than that though is like crafting and stuff. 
Like, what do we use that stuff for? We can craft yeah. a multi-tool, but just more, and even crafting by itself isn't going to be enough. I mean, we, we need something to do. We need some goal for everybody to work together towards. And um, I'm just not feeling it right now. Uh, yep. I, never mind the fact that I can't get people together. Yeah, that, yeah that, obvious, has been, that has been some rough. Some obvious stuff. Yeah. There's, there's some obvious stuff with PES that I thought that we would expect to be able to see with the PES release, but, you know, we, we still have yet to see it, you know, like, um, saving log on and log off location, 30k protection, um, physicalization of, of, of like components and cargo and, and all that stuff like that they talked about as being enabled by it. We still have not seen the fruits of that labor. It's, it's ultimately like, it's a tech that's there, but it doesn't really affect the game in it way like, right because we can't even get back we, there's also no instance saving um like there's no way for us to get back into the same shard right so the point there's no there's it's just it just feels like we've been treading water for the past four years and it's getting really really hard and i'm seeing it in interest in the game on youtube i've never seen lower numbers than this uh, i've um, i'm seeing it in frustration and comments i'm seeing it in other content creators who are turning more and more to drama uh, because there's just nothing to talk about. Uh, so yeah, it's it's because and now CIG, you know, like we're starting to see them make really questionable decisions for trying to shore up funding, which is clearly going down this year. Um, it's just it's it's not, CIG, Star Citizen, and the community, everything's not really in a good place. And I think that a lot of people are going to say, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm being a, a naysayer, I'm being a, a doom, um, a doomer or whatever, but I think that they're just trying, they're, they're, they're sticking their heads in the sand and they're blind to the reality of what's going on right now with Star Citizen. And uh, it'll be unfortunate for them when it finally hits rock bottom and, and they get that rude awakening. But I'm, I'm, I'm wide awake and I'm, I'm trying to say something about it because hopefully CIG can, you know, turn, turn the corner and, and try to salvage some some of these mistakes but i don't know you know i can't I don't even know what they're thinking with those career kits you know it's just who, who knows i think there is uh like with with all things there are positives and negatives and a lot of people who want to be positive are looking at the good times they're having in game uh looking at the improvements that they've seen this year i would say that the gameplay is better than it's ever been in in terms of the choices that we have uh obviously with salvage coming in and then there are more missions than there used to be but stability is worse um because of pes stuff the some of the decisions they're making like you said is worse and definitely the way that they're they're communicating information is feeling pretty bad so i would agree I, that but i i think better is relative like better better than than last year sure but you know, let's like, I, I took a, uh, I'm, I'm, there's a flight of stairs in front of me that's, you know, 10 stories and I took a step, one step forward. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's better than before, but it's one step forward. It's not where we should be, uh, in, my, in my opinion. I mean, they've been talking about Pyro since 2018, but the last CitizenCon. Uh, that, that's also the last time we got a Squadron 42 trailer, by the way. Yep. Um, it's, uh, it's just they've been... They've been really, really slow on tangible progress. 
and people who say, well, they've made tons of technical progress, it frustrates me to no end because most casuals from outside the community that I see come in, look at it and say, nothing's changed in the last time I played it two, three, four years ago. And then they just set it back down again and do nothing. And that's the reality of it. It's just, yeah, they've made some small steps forward, but ultimately that tangible progress, there's just not been tangible progress really yeah. at all. And, um, and I'm not saying that they've made what they should have made by now. I think though, that what is there is still better than what was before. Bar's low. <laughs> the fact that uh, changing the way that resources respawns is such a big deal for, for mining is indicative of how slow the progress has been. But I do think that players who play, who have played for years, have more choices on what they can do now than they did before. And for the people who are trying to be positive and, and see the, uh, I guess, more of the fun side than the worrying side of things, that's what they focus on. But I would say that there's also absolutely a difference right now in the way that the game is kind of communicating itself than before. And like you said, we talked about a lot of this before the podcast, but um, just the lack of sprint reports, um, the, the silence on things that were kind of already being said to be this year, like the road to 4.0 videos stopped. Um, in the letter for the chairman, yeah. they said they wanted to harden PES to allow us to pick servers to, to log into. But since that's yeah. not finished, that means they haven't been able to move on to the replication layer. So like, there are a lot of things that have not been done that were kind of said were going to be done in the first half of this year and they haven't said anything about them and then they're doing things like the sale you talk about like i, I see where you're coming from for sure there is yeah, like if they if they could communicate why why this is happening that yep. would definitely alleviate some of my personal frustration it wouldn't turn the interest in star citizen around because people in the water community won't give a crap they just want to see progress um i mean like there's so many things that it's so easy to forget um, when we're down in the weeds as a content creator for Star Citizen, and sometimes I wish I would have written down every time they talked about a feature they planned on coming this year, because I keep forgetting about all the things they talked about that they wanted to work on this year. They they wanted to do engineering this year. They wanted to do the new um, star map this year. They wanted to have server meshing tested, bounty hunting done. Um, you know, like they wanted to move forward with PES and get that shard saving done. Uh, AI combat uh, platform. AI combat with the, the AI scanning. on the ground, walking around FPS scanning. Like Those are all things that were just the, in the letter the from physicalized, the chairman. Physicalized cargo, sorry, a, um, persistent habs, persistent hangers. Like, and that stuff has to come according to them, what they said before they did server meshing. So, like, where is even that stuff right now? Like, what, what's happening with it? We've got no word on it whatsoever. We, they're just completely dark on it. And um, yep. we're almost at the end of the year now. I mean, we're closing in on CitizenCon, and traditionally the CitizenCon patches are pretty light on features because they're all focused on delivering for CitizenCon, and then the patch after that is typically light on features because it's the end of the year and they want to go home for the holidays. So, like, what can we realistically expect at the end of this year? Uh, Nothing, really. I mean, there's not going to be anything worth writing home about for Star Citizen in 2023. And <laughs> hate to say I, it, but... I, I don't agree with that. I think that there's you, still some space really? for some pretty big features, yeah. I... They you at you least... say that, Tomato, but, like, why aren't they talking about it? 
when they when they ben, know that say. the numbers are going down, you, you think they'd want to hype people up about it. It means I, that they're yeah. not confident of getting it done this year. That's why they're not talking about it. That's how, that's why they don't talk about things is when they're not confident they can get them done. And it's because they're not talking about any of this stuff anymore. My feeling is that they're not confident they can get any of it done this year. So I think that they're they're definitely unsure of what we'll get in i think there is a possibility of some of these big features getting in and i will definitely admit that i'm less i i feel like it's less likely now ever since they've started talking about alpha 3.20 and not talked about any of the stuff that should have pretty obviously been in there um but i do yeah, think wait, what that is there's it? Still arena commander updates that's it like and the whole sea with no gameplay surrounding it you know why they're selling that is because they need to sell a ship it's not because, I mean, because originally the reason why they didn't release the whole C for the longest time is because of the tech limitations. It wasn't just right. because the animations were a problem. It's because they said that it would, uh, quote unquote, break the economy. And they wanted to save it for like when they had a more fully fledged economy and when they had the physicalized cargo and they had the uh, the cargo decks. The By the way, cargo decks, what the hell happened to that? You know, that's been around for like, what, two years now and they've done nothing with them. Nothing at all. Uh, it, it's just it's just really frustrating. They do something and then they forget about it and move on and do something else and they never talk about it again. It's just it's. I've lost my patience this year, really, and you probably can tell. Uh, I see it. Yeah, I see it. What is your um, what are your feelings about like by the end of the year, if it rolls out as you've been saying, if they're not putting out bigger features or. Uh, some of these more significant things, if they're not releasing news on server meshing by the end of the year, like what is your, what do you think you're going to end up doing? Well, uh, well, I do still have some faith that it's, it's kind of they're going to announce Squadron 42, um, that they're going to announce a date for it so that they can relaunch the sale page because they're losing money right now by not having a sale page for it. And they're aware of that they need more money for, for development. So um, they're gonna probably relaunch at 70 bucks, I would say, along with a new trailer, maybe a couple people from Squadron coming over uh, to do a panel on the second day, which will maybe be focused on Squadron 42. Um, that's what I'm hoping to see if that doesn't happen. I don't know what they're thinking because what is there to talk about other than Pyro? <laughs> They've been talking about Pyro for four years, so it's, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I, I really honestly hope that's what happens. If that does happen, I think it'll reinvigorate some interest in the game. Not a lot, but some uh, for me and I think for the wider community. But in the meantime, I think Starfield is a strong possibility covering some, uh, some news, news and gameplay with that, doing some ship reviews with that. And uh, there's a couple other games that are coming out, like well, the yeah, new edition for Cyberpunk I'm really interested in. I really want to look at that. You, you um, actually, like, originally before Star Citizen, you were doing things like Space Engineers and PlanetSide. Yeah. What other kinds of games did you come from? Did you do RPGs before? Have you always been sort of more into, like, the sim side of games and MMOs? I've, I've played RPGs before. In fact, I did some videos on Black Desert Online when it came out that did very well. Um, but I, those require a lot of time and investment to, to get into, to become knowledgeable. So those, those are harder to become content creators for. So when you see a lot of people cover those games, you see that their channels are pretty small and their viewership is pretty small because it's just, uh, it's a difficult genre to cover. 
um, with few exception. I mean, Asmongold is like the known exception for covering WoW stuff, but he's more of like a character than anything else. I don't think people watch him necessarily for his gameplay on on World of Warcraft. It's more because he's hilarious and yeah, fun to listen to. You know. So would you say um, Star Citizen suffers from that that same problem? Uh yeah. Um, I, I, I well. I think Star Citizen, because it has so many different things that you can do uh, that are not prescribed gameplay, where you can kind of do ridiculous things like have tank battles or throw things out the back of moving ships in atmosphere and see what happens, that you can create some pretty fun content with that when the game works. But uh, lately, the reason why it's not been working is because uh, we haven't had very many tangible updates recently and so it's hard to make content that you've not seen before which is what drives more interest and growth in the game uh you can see it with people like ollie who just posted a video about how it feels like there's just nothing he can do anymore there's no new thing to cover uh it feels like he's just constantly doing the same thing over and over again um it's he's not the only one who feels that way and, recognizable and feeling it. <laughs> yeah cig just haven't had tangible progress for us to cover so it's it's become extremely hard to make fresh and interesting content on the game so like i said we're resulting to drama and picking each other apart in the community like inventing crap to to be angry about when it's ultimately meaningless people picking each other apart what's going on yeah well, Punches I, being thrown? like i i i have noticed through these years of covering star citizen that when there's a lull in development that the community starts to look inward and start drama with each other over things that are somewhat silly. It's definitely, so, there's definitely been a lot of, um, and I don't know if this is because of the introduction of, of Starfield to a lot of people's realm. I, I, a lot of people just found out about Starfield, right? It was announced three, maybe mm -hmm. four years ago. It's been public knowledge for probably seven or eight years, but a lot of people are just finding out about it and kind of drawing lines between that and Star Citizen. Like, I will probably see comments like that on this podcast, but generally covering Starfield and talking about alternatives has certainly drummed up more kind of like, I guess, questions of like, are you really into Star Citizen? Are you are you going to another game like that kind of stuff? And I feel like that is part of that sort of unnecessary drama of debating between the two games and and, and trying to I, I think create that... a competition. The, co the source of the frustration in, in Starfield is that people, because of what they see at the previews, they're jumping to, to unrealistic conclusions about what the game's going to have. And assuming that they've just done what Star Citizen's done in a very short period of time, which isn't true, and they're setting themselves up for horrible disappointment when the game comes out. Um, and I've, I've seen that in the comment section. I've seen the backlash when I start talking about, when, like when I posted that video that Starfield, like a year ago, Starfield's probably not going to have any atmospheric flight. People freaking out. I said, like, how can you say that? Like, how do you know? And I was like, I, I saw the stuff that they showed. They're not showing it, yeah. so it's not going to be a thing. Um, so, and it was like revealed like a couple weeks later that, yeah, Todd was like, no, it was, it was too troublesome and it doesn't add to gameplay at all for him. I, I, I think that's debatable. I think some people enjoy that. I do. I enjoy the, the, the atmospheric flight, I think it adds some really fun possibilities that you can only get in Star Citizen. Well, but, it, um, it, it has echoes of what David Brabin said about ship interiors, right? It's like something that you could yeah. definitely do without, but there's a lot, plenty of people who are out there looking for that kind of thing. 
I think that ship interiors are the next step of of standard for for space games. Though I think that that was a misstep, um, regardless of whether or not they are part of gameplay. Um, I think you can make them part of gameplay. You just need to think about what gameplay mechanics you can involve with the interior of a ship. I mean, you look at a, a game like uh, Sea of Thieves, and you like that kind of fun maintenance between a group of four. It's really simple, but it's fun. I mean, there, throw that into a game, and it'll be fun if it's a space yeah. game. I think that they're just thinking too narrowly about how a space game can be created to understand that the interiors can have value. But I think the other thing is with that is that people now at today's day and age have a really maybe unrealistic view of technology thinking that we're really far when we're still not that far and I kind of expect to have that level of detail like i should be able to go in spaceships now like aren't, aren't we far enough to go into spaceships like games look almost lifelike we should have in ship interiors so you see that a lot now with with new games that are in the genre coming out like does it have ship interiors does it have atmospheric flight or planets fully realized people are now expecting this which is kind of crazy because uh, it's a huge undertaking, as Todd alluded to in his interviews, about how incredibly expensive and time-consuming development is for something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's hard to communicate how difficult that is to somebody who's not in development. Well, and it also... But we kind of know, because like, we, like, we've covered Star Citizen. We've listened to the developers talk about this technology and how time-consuming and difficult it is to do. And it has given us, I think, an appreciation for why other games don't do it. Um, and why when people say someone's going to make another star citizen, you kind of laugh because it's, there's no shortcuts. It's just very time consuming and expensive to make a very big detailed space. And, and so, people will generally point at procedural generation and say, well, they can make this very quickly with, with this new tech and without realizing that part of the difficulty of making the system was making that the stuff that procedurally yeah. generated it like we've seen how right. they and how do you make that look realistic i mean i yeah. think no man's sky is a perfect example of of how you can't just rely purely on um automated generation because it creates uh, things that look different but are at the same time the same like there's a lot of sameness between the planets and hello games has done a lot to try to alleviate that problem in their in their updates but it still has that feeling and it still has some of that strangeness where you get weird unrealistic feeling animals and stuff that just because it's procedurally done it doesn't feel like it has any harder soul from an artist and i think that's what people want to see when they're going and visiting planets and, and finding new aliens and stuff so yep. procedural generation is not the we, we i think we've we've gone past the point of um well let me see how can i compare it like you, you know like when synths came out like this is before our time but you know, like if you've heard '80s music, everything has like synths in it, right? Because it, it, synths came out at that point, and people were like, "Like this is the future." But then it became like a fad, and people realized you don't have to do everything with synths. And then it became more of a thing that people use sparingly. And I think that's just kind of how new technology is used. Like at first, people think it's the answer to everything, and then they realize its limitations, and they have to, you know, realize it's not going to solve all the problems. Like. I think we're having that now with AI. People think it's going to take everyone's jobs and solve all of our problems, but it's not doing that. It's very limited. It's actually not the AI we thought it was, you know? I think procedural generation is exactly that. It's, it's like people, game developers are finding out now that it doesn't solve all your issues. It doesn't make a better game. That you need to have an artist in some way or fashion, and that means that there's no shortcuts. You still need to have somebody crafting part of, of what you're doing. It's, it's, a, it's a tool to assist you in making the game faster but it's not 
going to make the game for you. Yeah. So. And so going back to Starfield and what you were saying, expectations mm -hmm. have reached a certain level. Uh, excitement yeah, has reached I, a certain think, level. I, I think that the expectations are... I, I think some people are concerned about the hype and it's, it's, uh, it's warranted. I think that some people are overhyping it. It depends on who, who you talk to and what their perception is. Like I said, those people, um, or I've been trying to, to point out about, about like there's no shortcuts for making a new Star Citizen. People who don't follow development of Star Citizen and don't understand the difficulty in the development of a game like this are probably looking at Starfield and thinking it's Star Citizen, but done. Um, and they're going to be hyped up for nothing and get super disappointed. And in that sense, the hype is, oh, it's too, it's not good. Like it's gonna, it's gonna disappoint a lot of people. But for me, I'm hyped for uh, just realistic reasons. You know, like I know it's gonna be a limited experience. I know that there's no atmospheric flight. I know that the gameplay spaces are probably tiles and not actually fully planets. Um, I know that it's going to be no multiplayer, um, that it's, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of shortcuts with it, more traditional gameplay. Um, but I'm okay with that because there's so little in the space right now for science fiction, um, for this type of game that it's like the only game that I'm looking forward to for like the space sci-fi genre right now. I mean, I, what, I what think, else is there? <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people miss when it comes to this game and also with cyberpunk, I made a video about cyberpunk before it came out. Something like, uh, why are people so hyped? And there were a couple different reasons in the video, but one of the big ones was that like, how many, how many AAA cyberpunk situ like, uh, um, experiences can you have? You can't, it's not, Deus Ex is really the only big cyberpunk action adventure story-based game that you yeah. can get into so when they drop I mean, cyberpunk they're, they're, 2077 of course people are going to be hyped there are, i mean there are other indie games that made uh mm -hmm. cyberpunk games so like there's there's one called um the ascent that was pretty good but these types of one. games are because they're in indie games they have a very niche audience they're more narrowly focused on a specific type of gameplay that is more affordable for smaller studios to do not like a first person GTA type experience in this science fiction world. So yeah, like for me who I'm, I really like cyberpunk, the aesthetic, the stories, like the darkness of it that I was so, and I, I love the game, even with its bugs to this day, I love the game. I, I loved it from the beginning. I didn't care so much about the issues with performance. Cause I had at that point already played star citizen and I was used to it. I was like, yeah, this is all right. You guys don't know how bad things can get. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, they we, were younglings like star citizen has been a kind of uh you know like training you know like have you ever watched dragon ball z like in the weights you gotta wear to train like it's the weights oh, yeah. that we're wearing to train for for gaming you know Such you wear these weights. weights you can do anything <laughs> yeah that was i mean that, that was also to be honest cyberpunk pissed me off as a game not because of the the performance but because of the just how it didn't come in as an rpg and i know the marketing uh, in, was in a little bit sense, yeah yeah i think they had a lot of ideas of what they wanted to do but the budget didn't match the budget yeah. and time frame didn't match their the scope that they wanted to accomplish and that's their own fault for not realistically setting those expectations but i, I think that that also comes down to like the people who are higher up who again have these maybe unrealistic expectations for the technology of today, thinking that all of these new tools are going to make it faster to do these bigger games, when in reality it's 
we're not really that far from the past of game development where you had to put a lot of developer hours in. And so they overestimate what they can do in a short amount of time. Sagis is guilty of this. We know this very well. Yeah. Uh, but other people are guilty of this too. And I think that uh, CD Projekt Red is unfortunately very guilty of, of this problem, thinking that they could do more than they, they actually could. Um, and it's unfortunate because you can see, like if you look closely at the game, all the things that they wanted to do, what they had planned to do, the pieces here and there, that they kind of left, you know, like all yeah. the uh, physicalized stations that they made. And some of them are in a half-complete state where you could see that they had doors and stuff. They wanted you to get onto these trams and travel around in real space instead of tra like teleporting and stuff. Like They wanted to do a lot of cool stuff, but they just didn't have the time. Um, it's always the resources to do it yep and starfield um so we were mentioning that it it is a game that represents something a lot of people can't explore right now like a simple sci-fi yeah. rpg and i think me and you are on the and, same and, page and i would and, say and very importantly in in a style that is realistic because that is something that we don't often get i think a lot of big developers even kind of go the safe route of making like a cartoony or like stylized approach to save on development time it's very rare to see this type of game and i think that's why it's also compared to star citizen so much because like in terms of fidelity it looks so similar in some shots to star citizen like it feels of the same vein maybe the styles of some of the ships are different but you know you get the feeling don't you like just yeah right away and looking at something like mass effect even you get mass effect which is i think the best comparison to what starfield is is aiming for Probably, yeah. You're probably right. I mean, I and, think, well, maybe not quite, though, because Mass Effect was very narrow and like, like it was very, very much on, on rails for like the story. Like there wasn't a lot of open exploration. It was more you had some areas you could go around and then you had to go to the objective. Um, but it's I think it looks more like this is going to be closer to Fallout in spaces, which I which is what I've been saying. But um, what else did you, because I didn't play it so closely, so maybe you see more than I do about, because I played Andromeda, but it was the most terrible example, <laughs> apparently. So. Well, they do, they do, <laughs> they push you in a direction, and I think maybe Mass Effect 2 was the best at this, because it was so expansive with the team. They really mm -hmm. do try and open up the galaxy and say, there's something that you need to get done, build your team, mm -hmm. get the relationships together with them, figure out their own missions, all that stuff, but do it in whatever order you want. So you can meet somebody in the first 20 minutes of the game that another player might not meet until the last couple of hours. And yeah, they, they do this really good job of uh, making it feel like you are running through somebody else's story which is probably where yeah. we, we kind of diverge when it comes to Starfield. But it also, you see elements of Starfield's story looking a lot like Mass Effect, the idea that you are interacting with some artifact from the past and it's only reacting to you is like textbook Mass Effect or um, the idea mm -hmm. that you are, you're going to have these like sort of, well, that, that's actually the main, the main comparison. I won't draw more, but that's besides the point. My point was that Mass Effect has this very high sci-fi kind of feel to it a very futuristic mm -hmm. sci-fi whereas like you said starfield feels much more approachable they call it nasa punk it's got like this very 80s 90s 1980s and 90s sort of influence to the stuff and that also i think helps to build the identity of the game it helps to get people 
realizing that this is a long-term thing they're designing this there's multiple sequels like it feels much more substantial than something like outer worlds which i think was another good game for sci-fi and space folks just wasn't it wasn't everything that i think people are looking for and like you said earlier it doesn't have to be star citizen that people are looking for it just has to be a decent space experience because there's not much choice that's what i think drives a lot of the hype for this game yeah, I think I think that's why people are excited for it because there's just not much else. Yeah, in, the, um, in this in this genre. But going past that, like it's also a Bethesda game, so it is. Yeah, so there's an expectation by some people who are not super negative about Bethesda of having <laughs> a pretty good game, and I know that they've made a lot of mistakes. But when I think ha- about ha- Bethesda games, I don't think about the crap. I think about the amazing memories I made in Fallout Three, Fallout Four and in uh skyrim like those have such legendary experiences and music and like the stories are interesting i I found the stories interesting at least the side stories so okay but you said there's like a lot of crap right i don't i'm 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 like a peripheral bethesda fan i've liked oblivion i loved it memorial was cool i played that a little bit skyrim was awesome but I only know about Fallout 76 being particularly bad for them. Fallout 4, I know, was a departure, but, like, how many mistakes have they actually made on, on the grand scale like that? Uh, honestly, I'm not as close of a fan of... Like, I've played a lot of their games, but I never followed closely with the drama because that was before I was even a content creator. So uh, my perception of it is that they promised things and said that things would work, and they didn't work, and people are upset that they didn't work. Was so, that that's referring to Fallout seventy six or just like other seventy six and and other games as well? Yeah, I know that um, they've got a problem with glitches, um, but yeah, in terms got, of like they still have bugs, they still have bugs to this day in some of those yeah. games that are pretty hilarious. But in terms of like, I will never trust this company. Look what they've done. Energy. I I only see Fallout seventy six, and I and I understand that studios change over time. But I look at like Skyrim. I look at Fallout 4, Oblivion, and while the team might be a lot different, the people who are leading seem to be kind of similar. And I, I always look, am kind I, of taken aback by how extreme people react to. I think people Bethesda. are overreacting and not get, not looking at this from like a bird's eye view. Like, how many companies out there these days are making Bethesda type games? Like, there's nobody. I mean. Um, Everybody's going to this very quick multiplayer monetized experience that sells power for for cash. Um, that it's or amazing when we see a game packs. that that's trying to our armor packs. It's amazing. I think now that it seems like a rarity that we actually just get a game. You know, it's it's about the game, not about selling you shit. And Bethesda seems to be doing that with this uh, with Starfield, and I I think that's commendable. I mean, it's not going to be perfect. No, no release game these days is perfect. I think that technology may have just actually become really complex and difficult to deal with. And, and I think there are just more bugs because there's more things to go wrong nowadays. I think it's not necessarily that people are that they're just releasing broken games. <laughs> uh, they are releasing broken games. There's also the thing of like having enough testers, right? We know we know this in Star Citizen, don't we, from experience is that PS worked really well in PTU with probably only a thousand people testing it. And then they put it out to live and it completely broke. 
I think there's only so much testing you can do with even thousands of people to preemptively understand what problems you're going to face when you go on the mass million player scale. And inevitably, with technology becoming more complex, I think there are more small issues that are hard to catch. So I think Starfield will inevitably release with bugs. I think there's no way to avoid it. Um, there's you, just going to be so many people playing the game to find those bugs. Judging by the gaming industry and the companies that you know for these kinds mm -hmm. of things, do you think there's another company that could do something like Starfield right now? Like any other RPG, Western RPG firms that are... No, I, I don't... I, I don't think so because it's not a profitable, it's not a profitable genre. Well, let's it's not let's just say make. in terms of let's look business. at like They're recent businesses. recent games. Like, what what game company do you think can make a convincing sci-fi RPG? Like on what scale? Like, like I said, it's so niche. I don't know. Um, For instance, I would have said Bioware ten years ago. Might but have. not anymore. They're, yeah, they're gone. Um, but like other RPG like, companies, everybody's is, been consolidated too. <laughs> like right. Microsoft bought everything, and Sony's bought everything. So, it, yeah, I, what is there but indie developers to make those types of games nowadays? I don't know. I don't. I don't really trust any of the big developers to make a good sci-fi game anymore. Yeah. Um, but as I say that, as I say that, I did really enjoy. Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi, um, the 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 Jedi. What was the the second Survivor? Yeah, Survivor. Yeah, those are. Respawn, I want to call it right? Jedi Fallen Order too, but yes, Respawn <laughs> Entertainment. Yeah, um, I guess maybe I trust them to make a good one because they made they. I really liked Jedi Survivor. I really did. I think it was really good. It was a great successor that took what worked really well in Jedi Fallen Order and improved on it. Maybe the story wasn't as original because you can't really tell that same compelling time over and over again, you know, that cool time when the, when the uh, Old Republic fell and it turned to the Empire. That's a really interesting story to, to play out. Um, but they, they, they tried and they did a decent job. It was the best story in the world, but the gameplay was great. Yeah. And the second one, I really liked it. I, um, I'm kind of disappointed yeah. that I can't think of other, other companies uh, that would do a good job with it. But it really yeah uh maybe uh who's who makes homeworld like they've been making a lot of really good offshoots like deserts of karak was good but it was an rts like i if they ever wanted to devote themselves to making a really good homeworld based fps story-based game i think they could do a really good job maybe um, um telling maybe a story i'm i'm I, sorry go ahead i was gonna say maybe square enix could do something yeah. with Deus Ex. Square Enix? Oh, man, they're kind of oh, notorious, wait. aren't they? No, 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 no. Don't they make a they lot don't of own it. monetization? They don't own Deus Ex anymore. That's, uh, that got picked up by... Oh, man, the, uh, the big the publisher that's been picking up a lot of games recently. I don't remember who that was, but I don't think, I don't think that's under the same ownership anymore. Hmm. Do you think CD Projekt Red could still pull off another good... I think they could. I mean, I still think they make good games. They yeah. care about the craft of video game. Like, I, I spoke to some other uh, developers and, and artists uh, privately, and, and they're all so, so uh, enthusiastic about what they do. And, and they, they remind me of CIG, like that kind of level of enthusiasm and, and dedication to the craft of wanting to just make a really good game. So, I mean, I think yeah. they, they could still do it. They could still make something great in this genre if they chose to.
they have proven time and again that they can make very good quests. I will say that I was yeah. not super happy with 2077's RPG elements as much, but the yeah, some of I those mean, quests are very good. And the Witcher the, 3, Witcher 2 quests are both pretty good too. Choose your own story games are so hard though, because because you know <laughs> you have to make so much different content for what people might do. <laughs> yeah. So, so an yeah, it's, game. it's it's an expensive game to make, but if they have the infinite time and money, if they could do a funding model like Star Citizen, I think they could do something pretty great. It's uh it's going to be interesting to see. I think what we're both kind of looking at, and I'm sure there are plenty of people in the comments who have a lot of great suggestions for companies that mm -hmm. could do this stuff. I mean, I'm even, I, I just pulled up a couple other lists because I realized I just can't, I can't rack my head for ideas. Um, but there are some good companies. I mean, Naughty Dog is obviously owned by Sony, so they might not do as much, but there are other great yeah, companies. Ultimately, ultimately, what we're talking about here is even with these small games, with all these small studios that are owned by larger publishers, that they are kind of tied by those publishers' decisions and the suits and what they think is going to be profitable. So. Uh, it's like we can talk about all day how we think that they might do a good job but the the reality is the suits would probably come in and say this doesn't make any financial sense you shouldn't be doing this yeah. why don't you devote some time to a mobile game which make is, us some money which we got to turn away from i in my growing up i always thought this was your rock solid paragons of the industry kind of game the 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 triple a rpgs in my opinion were always like that's what held down video gaming you know and that's yeah. changed quite a bit, like you said, with, with the it, it all changed when, when somebody realized that you could just turn a game into an unregulated casino. <laughs> oh, the loot box era was a, was a good time. Yeah, it kind loot of box era. Now, now they've, they've matured to something else, pay for, pay for power, pay for play, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's all the same idea. It's just throw your money into... Um, Throw your money to the game and hopefully you can become more powerful. I mean, Diablo still does it. So, yeah. The Diablo Immortal. I know people are correcting me and saying that the new Diablo game is great, but get, mark my words on this. Mark my words. In a year's time, they're going to add microtransactions into that game. That's what they do. They, they start off, get people's good goodwill and opinion, get you invested nowadays. And then they wait and they put those microtransactions back in. That's going to happen. enjoy it while it's there, man. Got to yeah. reap what you can sow while it's still ripe. But yeah, I think also Rockstar could be cool for, uh, for, a, Maybe, for another RPG. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, they make great RPGs. I, I think they just couldn't give a crap about the time it'll take to make them a good game, which I admire. Um, the fact that they've waited so long to do GTA 6 because they wanted to work on it, I think is commendable. People are upset because they have to wait so long. Because but look GTA at how good Online. And long-lasting GTA 5 has been. Um, I think that they could make a really space game. You're right, Rockstar could if they wanted to. But uh, they got the GTA, they got the GTA thing, and I think that they're gonna ride that into the sunset, yeah. you know. And <laughs> and like a great way to move on from that would be what a lot of people did refer to Cyberpunk at first when it came out, which was like sci-fi GTA. I I know it's not yeah, that, but, but that like, sci-fi thing is so hard to appeal to. Like they kind of the trend, didn't they? They 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 caught everybody's attention. It was so hyped. Cyberpunk was yeah, because people thought it was gonna be. You know, it kind of makes me sad that it didn't make other big AAA studios that want to see returns think, oh, science fiction could be a profitable I way think it to, could have. To, to make it. Yeah, I think if it, it did better launch, it could have. 
But yeah, like if you it launched said, better, maybe. Yeah, but I think the. I don't know. I mean, like a studio like Rockstar could have probably done it, um, with the resources they had. They were they were way bigger than than CD Projekt Red ever was. So I mean, CD Projekt Red by comparisons, an indie studio. I think. So, I feel like if that game could have changed the development path of maybe a Star Wars game, possibly could have encouraged a new Deus Ex game to come out faster. I, I, I don't know. It might just be wishful thinking, but I really did hope that that was going to happen with Cyberpunk. And I hope that happens Me with too. Starfield. Me too, but you know what? I think that there's still time for that because Edge Runners came out recently and it's still now winning awards. I think people are becoming more interested in the cyberpunk genre and hopefully with the new dlc it's gonna apparently it's gonna be a really big addition to the game they're gonna add a whole section of the city on uh, that pacifica region and a whole new storyline um they're bringing new actors and stuff like i think it might reinvigorate interest in the genre and hopefully help them fund a new cyberpunk game like they want to do they yeah. want to make a new one. I actually wish that they would just continue adding DLCs to Cyberpunk 2077 and just fill it out like they talked about. I think people would love that, but I, I understand that they want to move away from the Red Engine, so... I want them to change up the mechanics. Um, mm -hmm. So, actually, this is a, a great segue. <laughs> You've been talking so little about Starfield in the Starfield podcast, but... Sorry, sorry, I, we no, can no, talk no. about Starfield. <laughs> Let's, we can do that if you but want. That is, I, I derailing the conversation no, constantly. No, no, no. Cyberpunk is a very good, I think, like, parallel to Starfield. It's a great way to talk about it because that's at least my, mm -hmm. my connection has been Cyberpunk, Mass Effect, uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, Starfield. It's like what encapsulates what I think of Starfield becoming in. When I think of what made a game like Oblivion great, uh, and this is something I've been polling people about behind the scenes a bit, is the AI were really, really good. They had this amazing perception and this way of working where if you talked to an AI, there's, there's a specific mission a lot of people talk about. Um, it was called, what was it? I think it was like... The, it was the Dark Brotherhood introductory mission in Oblivion, and Bethesda fans might be losing their minds right now, but there was a really good aspect of this mission where you'd have four people locked in a house, you'd be talking to them, and they'd all have different relations with each other, they'd have different perceptions of you and one another, and they would have three different responses they could have based on how much you've talked to them, what you've said, and whether or not you said the right thing. And that method of being able to collect information and use that to interact with the game to get different outcomes is like the peak the top of a video game interaction for me that's what makes I mean, the best games in my opinion they had a little bit of that in cyberpunk but nothing yeah. like bethesda did yeah i mean they, you could have a certain ending if you became friends with uh, yeah, certain right. people and they would go with you to the last part of the game but yeah, I know what you mean. I never played it, but I get what you're saying. If you want more like that, I think that might be how Starfield could work because it looks like you can find people along the way and hire them on as your crew and they're a part of the story. It looks like they're really specific, well-tailored personalities to these certain AI guys that you'll find. Like they and showed some, some of the people, right? Like the, 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 the lady, the cowboy guy and stuff. Like there's probably gonna be some people like that you find. Yeah. And I know we keep talking about how hard it is to make these space games because of tech and stuff, but I still end up coming back to the idea yeah. that 
that's what like that's the best part of the game that's what makes it really matter is those companions that you meet the ai in the, the heart ship of the game like, yeah 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 you can have really good tech but you there's got to be heart in it i agree i you agree like it has to it has to get you in the, it has to invest you emotionally in some fashion and and that that happens through really well really well written ai and really well interact uh written interactions that make them feel alive mm -hmm. uh and, and responsive to your decisions so I, I don't know if they're going to accomplish that but i hope they do bethesda's known for doing good stuff like that so yeah that's i'm really hopeful for that they said that there's what i think todd numbers guy really likes to to bring out the numbers when he's talking about the game but he said there's something like was it 80,000 lines of dialogue or 160,000? It was like more than any other yeah, game they've done. Yeah, more than ever. More than any other game they've ever done. Yeah. What do you think of that? I, I Does that the number. matter to you? It depends on how well written it is, I suppose. Like it, like for the people I interact with, if they feel like they are real people, then yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well done. Good job. Um, if it's because they have so many random NPCs you run into that have meaningless storylines, then I'll be like, well, that was a waste of time. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna, most of these guys, I'm just shooting to take their stuff. So yeah, what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. Um, depends. It does look like they're using like, the, go ahead. Like, um, one of the things I loved about those Bethesda, like follow games is like finding these really cool stories that are well-written with these characters that you find. Like, um, the, uh, the Chinese sub was really powerful. Like, that was a really sad story, but really cool. Like, you could find this sub that had it launched the nukes um, originally uh, that, that destroyed the city, and there was still, a, um, a, like, a conscious ghoul on board that was from China, and he retained all of his memories and, and feelings. And he was like, like his, all his crew's dead. He's been trapped down there. He can't get the sub to move. He misses his family. He misses his, his country. He wants to just go back. He wants peace. And then you can choose to either kill him because he's a ghoul, because he blew up the city because uh, he was part of that. Or you could choose to help him and, and help him get back to his country, help him go back home, whatever's left, uh, and then find peace that way. And it was just, it was like a really touching and, and, well-written story and i want like if there's stuff like that i'll be really happy yeah really really happy and and to have that set in a space that like we just don't get to experience i can't i keep going yeah and in, in like a it. science fiction experience yeah, yeah. exactly like, that's so, like, what really, kills like, me man star citizen type experience i see game after game <laughs> i'm a little salty about it to be honest like since i was a kid since mass effect 3 every year like some amazing fantasy rpg comes out and they've got great stories it's got a bunch of hype people are super pumped and i just have no interest because i'm not into this to the setting to the atmosphere yeah like like the fantasy stuff like i'm kind of into it but i'm not super into it so it's hard for me to get as invested as other people when those games come out yeah i've been very jealous of elden ring players yeah <laughs> like if there was a game like that in cyberpunk i'd be all over it I'd be like, yeah, this is my jam now. Exactly. Star Citizen exactly. take a back seat for a while. <laughs> yeah. And Until you come out, I'm, I'm playing this game and, and covering it. And that's the it. thing, man, is I say it all the time, but like Star Citizen is a game I found when I was looking for something like Starfield. I found it because Mass Effect 3 was done. Deus Ex wasn't having another game come out. Yeah, and yeah. I needed and, and I think, something. I think you're the type of player that 
is exactly why people say that it's going to be like some people think it's going to like take interest away from star citizen is because people like you and maybe to some extent people like me who are also looking for that experience and not, don't get me wrong i want the multi-player multiplayer star trek-esque experience as well um people are looking for that single player story-driven exciting science fiction futuristic highly detailed experience are going to really want to play star uh starfield while they're waiting for star citizen because star citizen doesn't offer that right now so in that way that's why people compare it because it's going to do what they wanted to see in star citizen but now you know not later because they're waiting on tech so yeah yeah it's there are things that make star citizen a very specific kind of game that i'm into like i said I, I found it when i was looking for starfield but now that i've played star citizen there is a reason for me to always play it i love the multiplayer aspect i love being able to be with friends in ships and like like you said throw someone out the back like that stuff isn't touchable but i love that starfield is going to be another experience that i've always wanted which is just like a good story character driven experience in that same yeah. kind of realm like walking out and the quiet of a starry night on the on the moon just discovering something new you know listening to the wind or just something like i don't know like that kind of kind of cool exploration well the rpg experience like really getting yourself invested in the world and feeling like you're there like i i i miss that about the first times i played star citizen only didn't have a story you know i remember that first first experience stepping out on a daymar back in 3.0 and looking up at the stars and just being in awe and yeah it, it died after a while because there was there's nothing to keep you there there's no story yet but um I, I i'm excited to have that again with starfield excited to feel like i'm in that universe building up my ship finding places to put down my base finding new stories new discoveries things that nobody's seen before being the first to, to find something you know like i, I i'm i can't wait i'm, I'm pumped for that that's been a really big topic a focal point of people talking about this game whether they're saying oh it's too many planets it's too empty they mm -hmm. can't uh fill that with a bunch of stuff or people who are like wow i just love that there's so much space for me to explore and a lot of choices let's talk about a thousand planets mm -hmm. what do you is it too much i think that it's it's always relative because uh let, let's look at gta for example like i don't think anybody most people play that game don't feel like no nah, man i wish i could explore the whole world in this game i'm like no i'm cool this is awesome this is fun i can do this city it feels realistic i think just the amount the amount of detail and care and stuff that you put into a, like the scale of space that you provide is what matters it doesn't matter about the quantity may may not necessarily be necessary so what i'm saying is like it could be more than enough um for for people and I, I i don't know what they're doing to t to tune it like are they are they making it so that it's a highly detailed ca catered experience or is it more um mostly empty so it's gonna feel like it was pointless i don't know i yeah. hope i hope it's more i think that they have to make some of those planets empty though because they have to make the act of finding something interesting mean something because if you can find something interesting everywhere no longer interesting it has to there has to be some specialness to it there has to be some um time investment to get that payoff so i think that those with that's what that number is for is it, it, my guess would be is that they they made some of those planets empty because they want to build up that tension and payoff of finding something interesting 
and then in some ways maybe um like uh, what was it called um it's on the tip of my mind um do something counter to your expectations <laughs> uh like maybe there's a blank planet or there's very little on it but then suddenly you find something like a lost city or something like oh, i didn't expect to find that here wow that's cool i expect yeah. there'll be some of that as well like some of these planets will look empty but they're not you know that's a circumvent expectation it's a good point um kind of the unfortunate reality of exploration is it's not special if you're if you're not going places and not finding things otherwise yeah it's like that's not you're just touring you're just you're just you know that stuff's going to be there there's not really a a sense of exactly. wonder exactly and you can have also too much of something right. to find like you look at no man's sky it's infinite but in that way it becomes meaningless in some ways to find something um Sometimes, you know, like, I think really beautiful Earth-like planets are coveted, but aside from that, I, I don't know. It's, well, I think you got to have, there's got to be a balance. It's, it's hard to find that balance. And yeah, there really be, does. Bethesda, I think they probably, Todd, I would imagine, thought long and hard about that balance, about how, what's enough, what are enough planets to make this feeling feel right? And I think Star Citizen has to figure that out, too, not to go off topic, um, but they're too early to understand like how, how they're going to solve that issue. Yeah, there's definitely, there is a balance and I, it's obviously going to be different for everybody, but as a game that needs to appeal to the highest number of people, there's mm -hmm. got to be some very difficult decisions to make between making sure people will find interesting things on a lot of the planets, I mean, a thousand planets, maybe say that like 700 something of them have things of interest on them and also making sure those things are unique enough and not generic enough that people are interested. Because like you said, with No Man's Sky, there are tons of little outposts and space stations and things you can land at, but it gets this really generic feeling over, over time. Cause it's yeah, just, a lot of it's really samey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's why you need those handcrafted special spaces where like an artist puts some really beautiful like crafts a beautiful canyon like we need a yosemite uh yosemite valley we need a a grand canyon we need an a mount everest those types of experiences are special because they're so unique on earth and there's nowhere else like them and and that's why people go to them if they're everywhere then they're no longer special so that's why they need to craft some of these experiences and some of these that's why you can't procedurally generate things you have to make unique experiences and unfortunately procedural generation doesn't do that it makes everything similar mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so I, I if i were them that's what i would do i can't speak for them and i can't say that that's in that's in fact what they're going to do maybe we're speculating too much but i hope that that's the way they saw it because that's the way i see it i like the idea that and we don't know how far or how easy they're going to be on this idea, but the idea that you can mainly follow the story, I guess this is generally in all games, you follow the story, you stick to the main path, and maybe you don't see more than five or maybe like ten different planets in the game, or you mm -hmm. can choose to explore all that stuff and, and use all of that breadth to your advantage what I'm hoping they don't do is that they try to force people to use those planets. They try to say, Hey, for, for the main story, you need to go and explore this many planets because like some people just want to have that story-based space game. They don't want to be forced into exploring thousand planets. That sounds like a waste. 
it seems like one of those things that's really good for some players, but not something that they should be trying to include for the rest of players. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that comes down to the craft. Like, if they can, I think the ultimate goal is to inspire people to want to want explore as opposed to force them to explore. Right. Like, I think Breath of the Wild is a masterpiece in that fact because they hide so many great little fun experiences that you never expected to find some really well-crafted puzzles and unexpected treasures and unexpected vistas and things and unexpected stories. And it makes you be like, Oh man, I find more of these unexpected events that just make you like, go like, wow, that's cool. Somebody did that. I can't believe that I found this. That's so hilarious. That's so fun. Um, so if they can do that. Then, then there'll be a successful game. Have you seen any games in our little corner of the industry that can do that? The sci-fi niche? No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I think, well, I think the good. best example is again, Breath of the Wild. I think that they might have mastered the open world genre. Um, how do you make an open space feel, uh, feel like you want to explore, feel useful other than just adding time to the experience because they had I remember playing that game and they, they give you ways to travel like horses. And even now in, 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 in Tears of the Kingdom, they, they allow you to like craft your own vehicles to, to travel faster. But I find myself always running because I don't want to miss what I might find. I don't want to miss that unexpected encounter or treasure or, or a Kuroxid or something. So uh, they, if they can make it always feel worthwhile to explore, always feel like you can find something interesting, uh, I think that they'll they'll be successful. It comes There's, down to them giving people a variety of things to explore, to do, to find, to experience, as opposed to one thing with long periods of waiting in between. Yeah, I am definitely setting myself up for the possibility that the exploration side of the game might just fall short. I've never really been in a Bethesda game for the exploration aspect. It's always been kind of the characters and the story. So I'm... Yeah. I'm understanding that that might just literally be going to planets and doing similar things a lot yeah and exploration is a hard hard thing to do because exploration is finite there's only so many things you can explore before you've explored it all so i don't think there's ever going to be a case where exploration is perfect but um if you can make it feel worthwhile for the ride for that period of time you play the game, then all right, sounds good. Make people interested to want to go explore and find cool things. And that would be a successful exploration mechanic. I think. Yeah. Um, let's talk about expectations you've seen surrounding this game. We, we actually touched on that a bit. People kind of talking mm -hmm. about it being a replacement for star citizen and stuff. Um, but besides that discussion, I don't know how often you go on the Starfield subreddit. I used to be on there a lot before we got more solid info. So I would see like the speculation and expectations that would pop up. Do you think that people have been able to temper their expectations a bit for this game? Do you think that the hype is, yeah. <laughs> is running away? Uh, I think, I think that, sorry, one second. <laughs> Bless you. Um, Thank you. Um, I think that we've seen that in the form of negativity recently. If you notice that there's suddenly been a lot of negative videos in Starfield, I think that that's the 
reality setting in for some people that it's not what they expected, that they had overhyped the game and thought of too many things being in it. Uh, so I think expectations have become more realistic, I think, from, from people who have followed the news. But are there people who still have unrealistic expectations out there? Definitely. I think there's some crazy people still holding out hope that they're going to have multiplayer, that they're going to have uh, atmospheric flight, uh, you know, they're going to have a fully, like, going to be able to EVA and board ships and, and stuff like that out of, like, a cutscene, and I think they're going to be really disappointed when they find out that that's not at all how it's done. So, um, but I, I think those, those people are becoming fewer and fewer. I think uh, Bethesda's doing a better job this time of managing expectations. By, specifically by Todd going out and just directly answering questions and saying, no, we're not doing that, and here's why. Um, if people are paying attention to what he's saying. I think there's still some questions out there, but at least the big ones have been answered for me. Are planets... Sorry, uh, is there atmospheric flight? No, there's not. Um, like, are planets fully... Like, can you fly anywhere onto a planet? Uh, yes, but it's procedurally generated uh, by a seed, and it's probably a limited play area. Um, it's not like a full planet, actually. See, they haven't uh, so actually like, said it, that, right? They haven't said that you can't just keep walking on a planet as long as you want to go. Because that's, that's a question I've had. Is it... I don't do think just, that... You, I, I don't know how they're going to handle it, but I don't think you'll be able to. Huh. Um, I, I, I don't think planets are actually around. I think they're just flat. Um, well, you know, duh. They've got a skybox that's 3D. We know uh, this. That's Morph. unique to each system. Yeah. I'm, like, here's what I think. Right. Um, here, here's my philosophy on the subject. Don't ever expect, always limit your expectations. Don't ever over, uh, overestimate what they're going to do. Don't ever um, assume that they're going to go above and beyond and your expectations will never be disappointed. You'll always be surprised or you'll just be like, well, that's what I expected. So do you, how much of your expectations do you base on uh, their previous games? Because I, like we talked about earlier, that's what a lot of people are as, as I understand it, Creation Engine has problems with uh, pop-in, loading, it's slow. Ladders. Um, and, and they haven't been able to... Uh, and and the, the, just by the nature of the way they're doing planetary, ex, planetary exploration, the way you... Like, they showed it in the preview. You look at a planet in the map, you click where you want to go, and the ship goes through a cutscene to land. That tells me that they're... And, and this is another thing they said, that... The areas are generated unique to each player. So one person visiting the exact same area is going to see something completely different than somebody else because each time somebody clicks on somewhere to land, a new generation is created. Um, that tells me that it's probably a limited area. They're not generating the whole planet every time you click on an area. Well, I think they it's said just it's... just one little tiny section. It's per game save, though, right? So, like, if you leave and come yeah, back, it'll be the it's, same. It's per game save, but there's no way they're generating an entire planet seed. When you, when you click on a place to land, it would take forever. It's just in, in, inconceivable that they would do that. So I think that that kind of answers the question, is the planet fully walkable? No, it's not. There's going to be some kind of barrier. Uh, it'll be like, hey, you're running out of oxygen. Hey, you're too far from the ship. Um, or, or something. They're going to they're have, have some kind of in-lore thing that'll stop you. And, and I think that also answers why you can't fly an atmosphere, why you don't have ground vehicles, why jetpacks are the only way to transport you. Um, it's because they're not fully realized planets. Um, could they do that tech? I think Todd said that they, they said they could. 
Um, but does that mean it's in the game? No, it does not mean it's in the game. It just means that they found out that they had a way, they knew how to do it. It doesn't mean it's been done. Um, and that's what I expect. I expect it to be a very limited experience. I, I think that this is another thing, though, that people do, is that they say, they think, oh, uh, the planet's not playing around. I'm going to hate this game. Well, how is it really going to affect your, expert, uh, your, your, your experience? If you don't think about that, if you don't think about the magic, you'll enjoy it. It's like Disney World. You know, like, you're walking around Disney World, you're walking around Main Street, like, wow, feels cool. Um, and they never want to tell you that the fronts, the facades of those buildings are fake, that if you look behind them, they're all up on stilts. You know, like, it, it's, it look, it's completely all facade. But as long as you don't know that, you enjoy the experience. So... And that's does life, that make right? Disney World does that make Disney World bad because it's all facade? No, people go there because they want to be blissfully ignorant and enjoy that otherworldly yeah. experience. And that's the same thing with a video game. Uh, same thing with this this Starfield. It's going to be a facade in a lot of cases, but as long as you don't think about that facade, you just let yourself get immersed. As long as it's got that fidelity and it doesn't get in the way, where it's obvious, where you actually literally run up up, up against the the wall that's painted. That you know, it's a fake, uh, a fake landscape. That there's a there's a box there that you can't go by. As long as that doesn't happen, we don't touch that wall. You'll enjoy the experience because well, you'll never know the walls there. And that's the reality of like everything. Eating food is everything. Like that. You're everything. Just, you're doing something without understanding fully what is involved in it because you don't need well, to know that like, stuff. Let me tell you, Star Citizen skybox is a painted skybox. It's not real stars. Does that make the experience of Star Citizen less? visceral or yes. realistic feeling i want a refund it does you you want actual stars. i was told okay. i could go to those stars more <laughs> if i don't <laughs> but like that's and uh, that's that's a good point is like there are levels right you don't and not every yeah. game has to completely realize everything you can that's what's great about the different types of games some of them put more effort into specializing and doing that stuff some of them yeah. great build great persuasion and dialogue systems so we can enjoy that instead i'm cool but with not exploring a whole planet i can explore yeah. your whole mind Think about every good game that you've ever played. I guarantee you that every, in, in most every case that you've played, that they've done this, that they've created facade. What they do is they, they, they employ tricks. They do 3D skyboxes. They create um, obstructions down certain hallways because actually beyond that hallway, there's nothing. There's nothing done over there. It's just empty, unused gameplay space because they had limitations to the gameplay engine. Like every game has done that, that you've ever played. Everyone. Nothing is fully realized. It's all facade. So Star Citizen, sorry, Starfield is not going to be any different, and I don't think it's going to diminish the experience. And that's the thing that Todd, I think, was trying to say, that he had to balance what actually matters for gameplay versus what should you make for tech that's going to enhance that gameplay. For him, it was game, like, atmospheric flight was too complicated to do. There were too many limitations of the engine. It wasn't going to enhance the gameplay experience for what he wanted to create, that's his, that's his thing, whatever. I disagree with that, but that's what he saw, and I, I can respect that. And um, I don't think people should let that diminish the experience for them, that those planets aren't fully round. It doesn't make it... Like, people get really weird about that. When I say, like, I don't think the planets are really round, they're like, oh, you think the game's going to suck? Like, no, I didn't say that. It's just they're going to be round. <laughs> it's just like, that's why they were able to do it so fast. That's my oh, point. Oh, gosh. Um, it's, like, it's like that with everything. I, po I made a yeah. post about, like just just thinking like just completely in a vacuum i just like yeah. the way that the starfield map looks you know i understand yeah, that it looks every good. game who has... cares that it's not a 3d hologram that's actually real or whatever I, it works good well, that's what i want 
Well, my my point was that like if I post about it, it has nothing to do with other games. I just like yeah. the way that it looks, and but but I get replies that are like, oh yeah, but like Star Citizens looks like this, and it's gonna do. And I'm like, bro, I I I know that. I get that. Star Citizen can mm-hmm. do what they want. I just like that Starfields looks the way it does, and I feel like there is a lot of that sort of. If you mention something. You got to read in between the lines and know what they're really it's trying like, to it's say. Like you're saying something bad. Well, I, I, well, look, I, when I talk about the star map in Starfield, I am talking about Star Citizen sometimes, <laughs> and I'm not coy about it. It's like, sometimes I, look at I will say, bring it up. Yeah. Look, you don't have to do complicated shit to make a good star map. As long as it's good, it's as long as it's legible and, and clean, I'm fine. All right. Yeah. This is good. Starfield got a great star map. I like it. It's cool. And I, I actually, think it looks pretty cool. It looks really good. I love the um actually even love some of the like the subtle design choices like the uh the gravity this mesh well. they use to, to 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 describe the gravity yes, well. It's so cool. I love that. I hope it's meaningful in some way beyond just like just that it's a visual thing. We kind of cool like if you get too close to the sun you start getting pulled into it or something. That's that's definitely speculation. Don't expect that. Maybe cool if they do some stuff like that. Um yeah. who knows. But yeah, I'm, I'm I like it. It's a it's like a good it a looking lot. thing. I like that. Yeah. Um Okay, so Let's see. Let's talk about. I kind of want to start to wrap things up a bit here. I want to talk about what you think is. Who is this game made for? Starfield. Um, I actually do think this is made for a wider audience. I think that Bethesda is trying to tap into that wider market that likes other Bethesda games, but in a new setting. Um, and I think this comes on the back of people who are interested in things like SpaceX. People are like people are becoming more interested in space in the wider community nowadays. Finally, once again, you know, I think there was a lull after the moon landing where people just became disinterested in space. Yep. For a long time, that's why we lost a lot of our know-how on how to make rockets, and we had to redo all of it. Um, but now I think the people generally know about space, and they're generally interested. And most people are. And they're, they're like, let's, let's go after that. Let's do NASA Punk, kind of futuristic, could be kind of where it is, familiar type of game from Bethesda. Um, I think that that's who they're going towards. And that's why, if you look at some of the videos, they got millions of views on them um, versus like Star Citizen. Let's look at, let's look, what is the most viewed video? Uh, it's it's got to be in the millions. Um, yeah, yeah. Starfield is getting a lot of attention and that's, that goes back to what we were talking about. Like they're not going to put in the effort to try and have 3d planets because they want to get the most people. Yeah. 2.7 million on their Starfield direct video. They posted a little bit ago, that 45 Mm. minute gameplay reveal. It's like a month ago. So maybe a month ago. Um, to sort by view count, uh, 17 million, two years ago for the official teaser trailer, 8.8 million for the ambient sound from it oh, that's, that, that's irrelevant 5.1 for the official gameplay reveal a year ago we're not niche so anymore two years, folks yeah it's it's that well i mean i think that they've they've found a way to tap into that wider market it's not maybe as wide as is like gta um and it never will be but it's it's wide enough that they're gonna definitely see a good return on whatever investment they've made yeah and that is that's so exciting man i mean it's yeah, just it's, so but, many hey, people getting into space games here Here's the thing, too. I, I, before I forget this point, I, I think that this is really, really important to understand. Be- the way that they've designed the game is towards a wider market, and that's why you can't expect sim-like elements. Because that is a technical, difficult thing for most people to grasp. 
It needs to be able to be played on an Xbox remote. It needs to be easy to pick up and play right away with not too many bindings. Um, so think traditional RPG, but in space. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. Don't expect anything more than that. Don't expect Star Citizen, like complicated controls, being able to do like Newtonian physics space travel. It's going to be very much like can't a even traditional EVA space from game. your ship. Yeah, it can't, can't even EVA because it's a different gameplay space. It's not the same... It's not the same as the space that you walk around in on the planet. They're not connected. They're not in the physical same environment like in Star Citizen. They're probably not even scaled the same for, for running better on the engine. They're probably smaller, would be my guess. Um, so that's what you should expect, and that doesn't make it any worse. It's going to be, I think, still fun. Just, yeah. They're appealing to that wider audience, and that's how you do it. You make it approachable. So, Do you think that makes it any... Uh... Do you think that makes it overhyped that that it is going for such a casual experience? But for people who might be into space sims or or space games regularly, no, no, uh, I don't think so because they'll have an expectation of it being approachable, and as long as long as it doesn't circumvent those expectations, but then add wedges some of those cooler, complicated, interesting elements in that we space game lovers love, um, it'll get them interested in the genre. It'll make them science fiction nerds like us it'll make them want to play star citizen and buy those games and it'll actually i hope help games like star citizen get more people interested mm -hmm. so i think it's oh. a good thing i think you need to make you need to make you need to open the door to the wider community for science fiction you need to yeah get them interested in a way that's relevant to them and that's the only way you're going to get them interested in stuff like this Seriously. Uh, like Star Citizen. Yeah. That's yeah. People people miss that. Like you we we need a beginner's guide to sci-fi. Yeah. It happens yeah. in movies, so, it happens in so shows, this, it needs to happen in yeah. games. So that's why the story, you know, like if we look at it, we're like, oh man, that's not really that new, is it? Like, oh, find the artifact. It speaks only to you. And now you must find the aliens. Like, oh, we've Ooh. heard that for every game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but for somebody who's never done anything in the science fiction genre not even read a book or watched a show i'll be like wow that's cool i don't want to do this <laughs> space thing all right so like don't don't um underestimate how many people i think never have experienced that before yeah young people too you know so like you know teens and stuff like a younger audience i think also maybe is looking at this game not just like in the a star citizen age range it could bring a whole new generation of backers to star citizen yeah it so, seriously could and um, let's see, my, my last question was one that comes up in the Star Citizen community. This is one just to finish us off. Uh, gosh, I can't remember what it was now. People have been asking. Um, no, I'm not, I, I can't remember it. It, it, was, it was kind of, it came off of the question of who is this game made for, but I guess it was the idea that uh, something about Star Citizen players maybe um, no, I'm not going to be able to remember it. But if that's the question, then it's definitely yes. It's definitely made for <laughs> Star Citizen players, and it's made for the general audience, but it's somewhere in between. It's not a science fiction uh, sim game. Like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a very arcadey and, and generally approachable experience for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that. I'm excited for that. Me too. All right, man. Me too. It means, it means that people that I want, that I hope, could get into science fiction... I can maybe get them into it with this game. You know, maybe I can suggest it to some friends or family and say, hey, try this game. If you like it, you might like Star Citizen. You know, Star yep. Citizen is harder to get people to be interested in, but this, maybe they'll be down for it, you know?
really just hope that it has a good launch and 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 they can get past any major big game breaking bugs that might yeah uh, well look i i would be shocked if they didn't somebody invent the, if somebody didn't find some drama it's going to be some bug that somebody makes oh yeah dramatic bugs for so, sure just expect nothing it. that expect expect some drama I no just don't what. want something that's going to like ruin 80% of players first time playing. You right, know? right. As long as it's not like, hey, we're missing a huge part of the game, but we didn't tell you. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, it'll be fine. <laughs> Turns like, out you like, can't yeah, land on planets. <laughs> like, yeah, whoa. you can't actually land yet. Uh, we're going to do that in a DLC you'll have to pay for. Yeah, none of that. Maybe? None of that. No, none of that. None of that. Yeah. All right. Uh, closing comments. Anything you wanted to say before we finished off? As I think I've added, ended most of my podcasts with you, Space Tomato, which have always turned way uh, way longer than we ever expect. I think we should expect two hours from now on if we ever talk. <laughs> um, is uh, that anything I say bad about Star Citizen doesn't mean that I hate the project or that I'm I'm abandoning it or that I don't love CIG and and the game in general. It just means, uh, well, I would say it does mean I love them. Um, I, I like you don't you don't tell somebody that they should improve and here's how if you don't care about them and that that's that's what i look at it as when i talk about star citizen i'm not saying it say, saying these things that look negative to to hurt the project but because i want people at cig to know that i care and that i think that they there's some improvement that can be made and i hope that this can be improved that they can either communicate or or uh communicate better or or actually produce some more tangible things for us um, in the interim, we'll wait for Squadron, or at least talk about Squadron and tell us why, you know, you guys are putting so many resources in it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, whatever happens, and, oh, I think. Thank you for having me, Space Tomato. Once again. <laughs> sure. You're oh, amazing, bef man. Before you're done, uh, you let people know where they can find your content. You can find me on uh, Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Morphologist, where I stream every Monday uh, Wednesday and Saturday, but recently I've been kind of taking breaks if I feel tired because I figure that it's not as important to to force myself to do things. Um, I'm also on YouTube, of course, youtubecom morphologists. You can also find me on Twitter uh, at morphologistsamenime, and I'm also on Instagram if you want to see some projects oh. I've posted. I also just posted a new project on Twitter uh, that I'm doing. So the the uh, a, a house that we talked about before the stream. So if you guys want to see that, you're most welcome to follow me in any of those. I invite you to oh and i'm also on tiktok but i haven't posted for a while in there i need to get to to make some shorts on there it's fun you uh you getting on threads uh not yet um i'm I'm very reluctant to spread out so much still like if i'm going to devote some resource into it i have to be fairly confident that's not going to disappear in a month yeah there's so a lot i'm of... not saying threads will but you know there's a lot there's a lot of uh social media that's come up and gotten popular and they're suddenly gone and people invest the time in them for nothing. So I want to see some, yeah. some confidence in that before I do it. Social media anxiety at the moment. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. It's always a good time talking to you about space games in general. Um, yeah, same, same here, man. It's, it's always great. And uh, I, I wish we could have time to do more of this. So yeah, that's the, that's the crazy thing for those who don't know our time zones are, are nuts fellow expat living in thailand and then yeah. i'm in turkey well our, our time zones are actually closer than most people so i feel like we True. could do more if we could schedule things but yeah generally it's not hard it's not easy because you are still different you woke up not too long ago it's it's early morning for you whereas it's the yeah. afternoon for me now so yeah but we'll get, we'll get something figured out either way man we will 
always a good time talking to you. Thanks for joining me. Oh. And uh, yeah. Wait, one last thing. Are, are you going? Uh, I, I know you're like, because you misbooked your your take your hotels. Are you still going to CitizenCon or not? Uh, that is up in the air. It's looking like we will be going, but just I hope out. you will, because I really want to meet you and your wife. My yeah. wife's coming too, so I think it'd be great for us to grab dinner or something and hang out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have to do something like that at some point. Um, hopefully it's sure. CitizenCon, but if not, I'm going to ship you guys out here to Turkey. We'll give you the yeah, full Yeah, we want to do this visit in Turkey. My wife yeah. really wants to see Turkey, so... It'd so be great. It's a beautiful out. place. Yeah, All right. Well, sure. thank you everybody for coming and watching this or listening if you are. Um, I know I have an unexplained lack of hair on both my face and head, but for those of you who watch the stream, you will know how that happened. Either way, thanks again for coming to the podcast. This has been episode 110, looking at Starfield. And folks, I will see you all next week. Mm -hmm.